Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 187 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. How's it going? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We made it. We made it. We survived 2017. That's right. Now we're on a 20 great teen. I don't know. I I feel like 18, the number eight has a lot of like uh, plays on words you can do. And I plan on doing it a lot. So just, lucky me. Yep. Get excited. Yeah. How, how was your New Year's celebration? <laughs> Should we just tell everyone that we're doing this? We're, I'm pretty sure they're aware. Yeah, we're recording, we're recording the intro before actual New Year's. But I can tell you that I will be sitting with our good friend Christina and her husband and eating lobster macaroni and cheese in their house because we don't go out on New Year's. I don't want to go out to a bar on New Year's. So many people. I don't know what we're doing for New Year's. What you what you've done for New Year's? What you did? You don't know. You don't know what you did for New Year's because it's in the past now, Jill. See what I'm doing there? We're recording this in the morning again, too. <laughs> Clearly, we did not learn our lesson okay. from our last episode about recording at 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's literally we did exactly 9 a.m. again today. We did. Oh, uh, fun right. At least I have coffee this time. So yes, you do. Hopefully that'll yeah. help. Anyway, so what's this episode yeah. about, Adam? So there you go. Good. We got there. So today's episode is an interview I did with Marcy Kate Connolly way back in BEA in New York City back in 2017 in May. Um, I was just joking around with you that they all the publishers bring all these authors to BEA and these different book con type events. And sometimes they don't have books that come out until way in advance. So I interviewed Marcy Kate literally in May, but her book is actually coming out um, tomorrow at the time of this release. Um, it's called Shadow Weaver, and it's the first book in a series. Um, it's middle grade slash kind of young adult fiction, but um, don't uh, don't let that turn you off if you don't normally read it because it is really, really fun. Um, what happens in the book is there's this main character, Emmeline, and she has the ability to control uh, shadows, and um, as which is usually the case when it comes to people who control magic in books, um, it's not always accepted by the people all around her. So she has to deal with her family um, not being too happy about that. And uh, one of the cool things about her shadows that she can control is her actual shadow has a personality, kind of like in Peter Pan. Um, so she is connected to her shadow and... Uh, we talk about it in the actual interview, so I'm not going to go in too far into depth. But it's really, it's really interesting. It's really fun. Um, I liked it a lot. It would be great for people. Um, honestly, like I am giving a copy of it to my niece who is 11, but I also told my mother who is in her 60s about it. So I think a lot of people will like it. Um, yeah, and again, this took place at a conference, and I think I'm so long ago I'm having trouble remembering, but. I think we were in a relatively quiet space, but as always, when we record interviews at conferences, you're going to hear some background noise, so it'll be slightly different than normal. Um, if people have thoughts about this, or if they want to tell us their, I don't know, their New Year's book resolutions, or whatever they want to do, how can they how can they find us, Joe? They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ProBookNerds, and they can email us directly at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. Um, if you... Did not if Santa did not bring you a tablet for Christmas, you're in luck because we're actually giving away two. 
Good transition. For our uh, 200th episode, which will be in February. Um, so all you have to do is post a picture of a cat or dog, because that is the eternal question between the two of us. Cats are better, because I'm the one saying this right now. That's so, fair. Good job. You're allowed to do uh, that. So post a picture of a cat or dog. doesn't even have to be your cat or dog. <laughs> Just a cat or a dog. Yeah. You could be sitting at like a cafe getting brunch and see someone. Maybe it's a cat. Maybe it's one of those like, cat cafes. And you just see a stranger's cat, and you want to share that picture with us. Yeah, just That's tag fun. us. Yeah. So we see it, and we will, yeah, we have two uh, Kobo Aura ones mm-hmm. to give away in February. One for a cat person and one for a dog person. <laughs> you could give it to your cat or dog if you want, but you'll probably get more use out of it. Probably. <laughs> um, since it is the new year, I'm not, not to put you on the spot, but do you have any, like, literary or bookish resolutions? So, um, yeah, my resolutions, goals, whatever for reading are usually related to, they're like stretch goals from the last year. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I read just over 40 books in, um, 2016 and I wanted to read more than that in 2017 and I did. Um, as of this recording, I'm at 64. It's possible I will sneak in a 65th before the mm-hmm. end of the weekend. Um, but so for 2018, I want to try and get to 75 books. Nice. Um, something I'm going to try and do is I've been listening to a ton of audiobooks lately. And between my drives back and forth to work and walking my dogs and going for runs and just kind of like those ancillary times when I am normally listening to like podcasts, I'm going to try and do an audiobook a week this year uh, in addition to my reading, which I think should be doable because with the amount of time I listen to them, it, it shouldn't be too, too crazy. So that's one. Um, and then I want to actually, you and I have talked about this off air. I want to actually finish the a book that I'm writing, hopefully. That's a good one. Yeah, which we'll see. Um, I don't have it sold or anything like that yet, but I want to just for my Yeah, you're not working under deadline like I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're working <laughs> under deadline. Um I am not, but that's kind of a that's that's an early goal for me for like the first half of the year. And for you, because deadlines can be terrible. Well, it could be terrible, but also like you have a deadline and you know you have to get your manuscript <laughs> done by it because you have a fair. publisher telling you where I could just fall by the wayside when I get like three fourths done, and then hopefully, hopefully that won't happen. But let's well, you know, resolutions are a positive things. So, um, but yeah, tell us, let us know what your what your what your resolutions are, what your reading goals are. Um, while I was out, you had some really fun conversations with people on Twitter about their their reading habits of 2017 and if they hit their goals and stuff. I was enjoying reading Well, that. this is always a thing that I, I always, like, wonder, you know, if you're like me and you get a book for Christmas and you don't finish it, so you finish it in, like, 2018. Do I, I always feel weird counting it for 2018, even though I finished it, but I didn't, like, read the entire book in 2018. yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, I do end up counting it towards a year and it all kind of bounces out because there's inevitably a book like that all the time. But I was wondering what you finally decided because I was watching Oh, no, watching I always count it. I mean, I do count it. But for I, the next year. For the next year. Whatever year I finish it is the year I count it. So if the book I started this week, if I don't finish it by Monday, right. today, whatever, um, if it's not done by the time you listen to this, I, it will be counted towards my 2018 gotcha. goal. But it just feels weird doing that because yeah, I only okay. read like half the book that year. <laughs> yeah, no, that checks out. I was just curious. I I didn't. No, that's what I do. do. I just I just I feel like I need to sort of have like a disclaimer on those particular titles and yeah, gotcha. It's just bizarre. Okay, cool. So. Um, anything else you think people should know about before we let them hear the interview that, that I did? 
No, I think we're good. Okay, cool. All right, well, I hope you guys enjoy this chat that I had way back at Book Expo America with Marcy Kate Conley on the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Hey, everyone, this is Adam again from Team Overdrive, and today I am joined by Marcy Kate Connolly who is an author and nonprofit administrator living in New England with her husband and her pugs, which we're going to talk about. Her middle grade titles, Monstrous and Ravenous, are now available, and her next book, Shadow Weaver, will be out in early 2018. And So, Marcy Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So, I got the pleasure of reading Shadow Weaver a little bit early, and hey. it's wonderful, but for our <laughs> listeners, because coming out in early 2018. Can you give them a little introduction to the book? Sure, sure. Um, it's called Shadow Weaver, and it's middle grade fantasy. Um, it's basically about a girl who can talk to her shadow, and the shadow talks back. Yes. Um, uh, Emmeline is the main character, and she is what's called a shadow weaver in this fantasy world, where she can actually make things out of shadows. Mm-hmm. They're tangible for her. Um, and other people have different talents, like there's a light singer and a wind whistler and stuff like that where they can control things. Um, and she has a shadow that, ever since she was a child, has been alive to her and talks to her. Um, and she's kind of a trickster character, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite types of characters. Right. fun to write. Um, and one day, her shadow, Dar, gets her in trouble with her family um, by playing a very, very bad trick. <laughs> and um, her parents decide they're going to send her away to get her magic removed, mm-hmm. which Emmeline does not want to happen because yeah. she loves her magic. She's a little um, cloistered, so that's like her thing. Is mm-hmm. have, not having that would just be devastating for her. So they end up running away. Yeah. Um, and hijinks ensue. <laughs> Don't way. want to spoil the That's plot. a good way of putting it. Yeah, we were just talking before we started recording that I had a, an author spoil a plot on me and told me that I couldn't tell anybody about it. Um, reading this book, it reminds me so much of when you're a child and you have like an imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. When you're a child, it, that's the most normal thing in the world. And as a parent, if you see a little kid talking in a corner... It looks just almost kind of creepy and upsetting. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, did this story come from, like, childhood memories you had? Or, like, I, I was envisioning, like, a, a nightmare you might have had as, like, an early teen or something where, you, where your shadow was this thing. So I'm just curious where it came from. Uh, well, a couple of different places. I did have an imaginary friend mm-hmm. when I was a child. Uh, her name was Sally. She okay, was my yeah. twin. Perfect. Um, and she was so obnoxious to my family because she would like she was the slowest walker ever we had to wait for her to go through doors whenever we go somewhere be like sally's not here yet um and the parents amazing. hated that um, and basically anything i did that was naughty like eating sugar from the sugar bowl that was totally just sally it was oh, of not course. me um yeah so that was that was super fun but that's not actually where it came from that kind of like that it certainly informed the book mm-hmm. in quite quite a bit um it actually came the idea came to me um kind of a weird roundabout way like i get my best ideas but i'm not looking for them mm-hmm. um and this one actually just kind of randomly occurred to me um at like 2 a.m in the shower because like shower ideas are the best ideas <laughs> absolutely um that's why they make those like shower sticky notes yeah. <laughs> i don't have them but i need to get them mm-hmm. because they sound brilliant um it was actually um, two images kind of popped into my head um, in quick succession. The first one um, was an image of this creepy baby in a bassinet um, with this mobile um, or mobile spinning above her, yeah. but made entirely of shadows. And the baby was controlling the shadows spinning above her. Um, and then the second image was of this baby who had just been born, but instead of like reaching for her mother as she should, she's reaching for the shadows in the corner of the room. And I was like, ooh, that would be neat. Oh, so, okay, um, first off, yeah, that's, <laughs> you, when you said you had a shower idea, like most of my shower ideas are like, uh, tacos sound good tonight. You had like, when, when people read this, they'll find out, that's like a 
real decent amount of the story fleshed out like in a it's, shower it's a nice idea. spark of it that's yeah. incredible it's because my mind's wandering and like mm-hmm. 2 a.m it's wandering in weird places the, so <laughs> two things one i i wish that as adults we could still blame like an imaginary friend on, like, <laughs> wouldn't that like, be awesome oh i'm sorry the thing i said last night after a few cocktails that was my imaginary friend <laughs> carl it, he's a real jerk in the evenings that would be a perfect thing to be able to do i think there's a show about that isn't there it, now like is there mary a, or something i thought i think you're right that's <laughs> imaginary yeah mary oh, yeah I, <laughs> I'm going to absolutely just start seeing it. We'll see how well that goes over with my wife. Um, but no, the other the other part of it is is when you so when you get these ideas, whether it's in the shower or like I said, I, I my ideas always come when I'm walking my dogs and I'll frantically try to type it into That's my. That's a good one too. Yeah. So, do you like stop instantly and, and try to find something to write this down, or I guess like. Where, how did you get from point A to point B? I do. I immediately write it down. Um, and that's a funny thing, because sometimes it's hard to write things down. Yeah. Um, like, the very first book that I had published, not the first book I wrote by any means, mm-hmm. but the first one published was called Monstrous. Right. And I got that idea actually sitting in traffic, um, like gridlock traffic, yeah. parked on the highway, and was like, I have to write this down on my uh-huh. phone, even though like I could get in trouble, because they find you in Massachusetts. Uh, oh, even <laughs> yeah. if you're, like, stationary? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you were behind the wheel and you're on your phone, you could be in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. But I wrote it down. Um, took that risk because it was a good idea yeah. so it's like it's one of those things where like you I have to get like out of my head immediately mm-hmm. and it's sort of like this brain dump where I'll just like open a word document and like put everything I could possibly think about with this and there was a brainstorm sure. I don't use all of it necessarily mm-hmm. but but yeah immediately to get it out otherwise I might forget it yeah and you mentioned monstrous so and I know that monstrous and ravenous are kind of interconnected in the sense mm-hmm. that they're in the same universe yeah so how did it feel like to sort of step out of that world that mm-hmm. you're you know you're known for and people have love these books mm-hmm. and then kind of create an entirely new setting and honestly really a, a new world yeah it's totally a new world I mean it's, it's both sad and exciting because mm-hmm. like it's always sad to leave something you love behind mm-hmm. but it's also really exciting to start something new you know that's a new journey with a new world mm-hmm. a new making things up in new ways and yeah. um, so it's been fun it's been a lot of fun mm-hmm. so I love this new world and I'm curious uh, I always ask people who write you know, kind of fantasy stories like this how did you first lay the groundwork? Because when people, a lot of times people will tell me that they start with a map or, mm-hmm. you know, if it's going to be like a, a traveling type of a book. Uh, and something that is very important when it comes to fantastic books like this mm. and set in fantasy worlds is how magic works. So right. how did you come up with the different types of, I guess, elemental magic is, is a good way to describe mm-hmm. the things that people have in this. So how did you kind of decide, like, okay, this is going to be an acceptable way for people to be able to use magic and this is something that's still a little bit absurd and, like, how did you decide all of that? Um, well, that was something that I, I knew it had to be different from my other books, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and I kind of went with this idea of, like, each person has one talent, mm-hmm. um, and they're blessed by this comet, the Aurelia comet, that flies over their lands every 25 years, and only those special people happen to have those talents. Um, and so they're pretty rare, mm-hmm. is one thing. But they're also, you know, not looked at as being, like, cool mm-hmm. at the moment <laughs> they're not in vogue <laughs> by any means they're kind of like you know, kind of freaked out yeah. by them especially like shadow weaving uh-huh. which is not necessarily a useful talent like um green growing if they can grow plants that's a useful talent right. um and there's a light singer who like he toasts bread and stuff like that he wants to be a baker mm-hmm. you know like that's a useful thing um but they still have to hide it yeah um and that was kind of the the rules was just looking at it as you know what can i have people do and looking at it as like 
the way of naming things, I like to name things. Mm-hmm. So like putting names to things kind of makes them tangible for me. Yeah. So calling things shadow weaving, light singing, uh-huh. magic eating, green growing. Right. Like those two things together. Like what could I, what could I do and play with words and, mm-hmm. and make the magic work with the words? Yeah. It's kind of the way that I started envisioning it. And I'm still fleshing out certain areas because I'm writing book two right now. Right. That, um, that's actually going to be one of my questions. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be one of my questions is when you were coming up with the very the various types of magic and and they are they're so they're such a refreshing way to look it's not just like oh someone has a wand and they you know they focus focus (laughs) but um did you have certain ideas that you thought like okay these are aspects of magic that are going to be in book two down the line and Mm -hmm. and that type of thing and did it did you always envision it being longer than one book or did it It you had so many ideas okay i definitely always thought of it as being at least a duology that Uh was kind of how it the, the story arc worked in my head. Sure. Um, and there's definitely more magic talents to come mm-hmm. in, in the next. That makes next me so. Book. That makes me so, so excited because yeah. I love in books like this. I love meeting a new character, and then I'm instantly excited because I'm like, okay, the author is spending a lot of time with this person. I feel like they're going to have something magical about them. So uh-huh. I, that makes me really excited to see that. Um, so all of your books, Ravenous, Monstrous, Shadow Weaver, they have this connective tissue in this realm of like fairy tales, and and I know that. You know, they, this seems to be kind of like classic horror and like darker types of things, which super on board for right? kindred spirits for that. Um, were those the types of stories that you read when you were growing up? They were. Um, when I was growing up, I loved fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Not, not like, and I liked the Disney ones, but uh, my parents had this like, it, it seemed at the time like it was this massive collection of books. Mm-hmm. It was probably only five, but yeah. like when you're little, it seems like this is 20 books. It's huge. Um, and it felt like a good portion of the shelf. Um, and it was all these like classic stories and fairy mm-hmm. tales and myths and legends from around the world. And I would like sit on the couch and read these things mm-hmm. for days because I loved them. They had these beautiful illustrations. Yeah. Like, it was so cool, but it was like the darker mm-hmm. fairy tales. Like if you've read the Grimm's fairy tales, yeah. these are, they get really dark. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're not, you know, and none of my books are Disneyfied mm-hmm. type things. There's nothing wrong with the Disneyfied stuff yeah. at all. Those, those have their place, but like I, I'm not too drawn to the more darker. Yeah, stuff, no, I'm so. I'm right there with you. I grew up um, actually one of my proudest possessions is my wife and I in our in our home library. We have all of these leather bound books that are like nice. beautiful, and one of the ones we have is the Han Christian Andersen mm-hmm. fairy tales, and it's the same thing. It's so wonderful when people will open that up and they're like, "Oh, the you know the." The White Queen, I remember that, yeah. that, that, didn't that become, and then they'll, and I'll be like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there. <laughs> it is not the same White Queen that you expect it to be. Um, so do you remember, like, specifically stories that you were a fan of that any, any stuck out? Um, oh, there were so many. Um, <laughs> I always loved, like, Beauty and the Beast and, like, the, the ones with, um, uh, shoot. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I know, no, it's, it's one of those things, like, I'm pregnant, so there's baby brain mm-hmm. happening where things fall in my head. Um, but, like, getting the beast, I loved. Um, I really, I, I always remembered, like, the, the different versions of, like, Cinderella that mm-hmm. I would read and, like, Snow White. So when I'd see, like, the Disney versions, yeah. I'd be like, that's not what happened in the story. I, I, like, yeah. They weren't dancing until their feet fled. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. totally different from what they were supposed to be in the story. Um, so, like, the, um, the 12 Dancing Princesses, mm-hmm. like, a lot of, Everything I get my hands on, I loved. Yeah. And I also read a lot of, like, um, I was a voracious reader, mm-hmm. and I have an older brother who was an English literature major who's 10 years older than me. So when I was, like, eight, I was, like, sneaking into his room and, like, taking his books, uh-huh. uh, which was super annoying for him. <laughs> but I was reading, like, just weird stuff yeah. that was totally inappropriate. So it's, like, classic literature really mm-hmm. is, like, the bedrock of yeah. my, my So, so speaking, there. you actually kind of went into something I want to talk about, speaking of classic mm-hmm. literature. Monstrous has usually strong connections to Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And... 
I love that character, and I'm not alone. It remains an incredibly popular character in society. And like, so what is it about like Frankenstein in general? Do you think that continues to draw in readers and obviously moviegoers because they keep making different Frankenstein? <laughs> um, but what do you think it is that keeps drawing people back to you know? the story that originated with Mary Shelley um, I think it's it's just this basic thing of like what does it mean to be human mm-hmm. is what it boiled down to for me and was what I was really thinking about a lot when I was writing Monsters like yeah. the, the girl she's a monster but she's probably the most human mm-hmm. and kindest person in the book yeah. you know she's not actually the monstrous person it was sort of playing with that idea of like what really makes a monster and what makes somebody good and human and, yeah. and that dichotomy of good and evil and Things are not so yeah. as they appear. Uh, okay, so the, this also stuck out to me because I have to tell you, growing up, I uh, I would always go to my grandmother's house, and she always had um, like Turner Classic Movies or mm-hmm. a, you know, AMC on. And back in those days, not like it was that long ago, it was like 20 years ago, but they would always have the old, old Universal Monster movies on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever used to watch those, but with like, uh, like Bella Lugosi yep. and Boris Karloff. <laughs> and I always, for whatever reason, those always stuck out to me. So anytime I see anything with um, you know, Frankenstein or the original Dracula, did you watch any of those movies when you were growing up? I did. And I remember seeing... I. I, know, I, don't, I haven't seen them recently, but I do remember yeah. seeing them. And like, and it's funny because the whole thing with Frankenstein, like the, a lot of what we think of as Frankenstein isn't necessarily actually in the book. Right. Um, so there's you know Frankenstein references in that first book, mm-hmm. but there's also references to the movie. Like in the first page, there's yeah. a thing about, I'm, you're alive. But that's not in the book. Right. <laughs> that's just in the movie. <laughs> people know it and they relate it to that. Exactly. Because um, it's just in our cultural consciousness. Yeah. Um, something else that I absolutely love about all of your books is the covers are so... Yes. I, eye-catching and magical. So, <laughs> I love the covers. Okay, did you have any, I know that not not all authors do, but did you have any input on those at all, or <laughs> just maybe kind of talk about a little bit about the covers of uh, those? I didn't really have any input. Um, mm-hmm. They picked the best artists. Yeah. Um, like Monsters and Ravenous were amazing, mm-hmm. um, and then my next publisher, Source Books, picked out an amazing artist for, for um, Shadow Weaver, and yeah. so like, the bar was high, mm-hmm. and they did it. Amazing, amazing. The job. cover, of, at least the cover that I I got, and we can take this out if I'm wrong, if it's going to be different. But it's like the the main character, and then the then Dar is like yes, hauntingly it's so over delightfully her. Oh my creepy god, it's so, and so beautiful de- at the same time. Way. Delightfully creepy is a perfect way to describe <laughs> it. It's uh, what was it like when you got to first see those like first printed versions of your books. Oh, it's so cool to mm-hmm. see that. That's like, oh, that's the best feeling. It's like, my book is a book. <laughs> uh, it also means your work is almost done, mm-hmm. so it's also a relief yeah. as well as just awesome. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's the best feeling to see your book as a book. Yeah. And, like, and they did such a beautiful job with the interior design too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, when yeah. I first opened the I hadn't seen that yet. So when I first got like the arcs, I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> I went to the first, like the first page, like, this is so pretty. I love this. And then uh, we talked a little bit about world building, but from a, a, mm-hmm. like the craft of writing, the coming up, you know, having this idea, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned for Shadow Weaver, you, you had the idea that kind of popped up while you're taking a shower. When you're actually writing the book, do you like to work on creating a whole arc of the story and like a summary before you mm-hmm. start? putting things in or you are just kind of fly by the seat of your pants I know that some people do that which blows my mind uh, yeah me too um, I'm a plotter uh-huh. I'm very much a plotter yeah. um, I love to like sit in my writing cave and think about how can I make things terrible for my characters <laughs> and then I'll make them better because um, authors are evil like that absolutely um, so I definitely plot I am um, before we 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 sold the book I had um, the synopsis for both um, 
Shadow Weaver and the sequel all arced out. Mm-hmm. So I had that was detailed, and I saw wow. exactly where it's going. Um, and but at the same time, um, things change along the way, and sure. like it's it's a flexible thing. So my character decides, hey, let's do something even better here. Mm-hmm. Great, we can do that, and then I can revise it. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually use. Um, like Snyder save the cat beat sheets to, to plot because I find that really helpful in focusing yeah. my plot. When I first started writing, I'd write these like long meandering 10 page <laughs> plot outlines that like didn't really go anywhere and had lots of random tangents. Uh-huh. And like that's really helped me keep the focus mm-hmm. <laughs> on where it should be. Yeah. Um, it made my writing much tighter and easier to, uh-huh. to write. So yeah. And then from an actual like the act of writing, because you have everything so planned out, is are you as meticulous feels like a negative word but it's not, <laughs> it's not are you negative. as like do, do you have a certain time during the day that you have to write is it you know I want to hit a certain number of words in a day just what's your writing process um like? it's a little haphazard mm-hmm. my intention yes. is usually when I'm drafting um to write a thousand words a day mm-hmm. um that doesn't always happen sometimes sure. it's more sometimes it's less sometimes life happens and I don't get to write at all <laughs> yeah. um but that's my goal generally um mm-hmm. as far as timing it just randomly usually happens to be like afternoon to evening mm-hmm. um i work part-time during the day so yeah. that just kind of but it's a flexible thing so like yeah. i can write in the morning if sure. i want i just my brain's not usually going at that point mm-hmm. so i'm more of a night person yeah. that's so, awesome um okay so i told you before we started recording that there's a few things that you have on your website that <laughs> i immediately was drawn to and one of them that i found out is you have pugs. Uh, I do. So I'm a huge dog person. This is not a secret on our podcast. Everyone's very aware of this. But um, so a couple quick ones. What are their names and why pugs? Um, well, pugs are just amazing. Yeah. Why would you not want a pug? They're like the best dogs. Um, they're named. You have three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Tootsie, who's our girl dog. She's 15. Milo, who's 14. And we actually just recently acquired Teddy, who's about 10. A few weeks oh my ago, God. <laughs> we're crazy. We have yeah. we officially have a grumble of pugs. That's what they call it. That's what they call. That's what they call them. Stop <laughs> it. That is amazing. Isn't that adorable, oh and it's so God. true because that's what they do. Okay, so at, at that age, do they? Because I have I have two big dogs. I have a mm-hmm. Weimaraner and a Vigla. Everyone who listens to this podcast is definitely tired of hearing about my dogs, but they're very, they're seven and four, and they're very active. Uh-huh. So do pugs ever calm down, or do they still kind of rambunctious when so they get up? And even age? when they're rambunctious. Uh-huh they're not that active like, <laughs> I guess that's you, fair <laughs> you never want to walk a pug of any age yeah. any further than you're willing to carry them back <laughs> because you will have to because they will get tired and they'll just like sit down and be like I'm done yeah and that's it and they will not move um, and especially if they're a fat pug because uh-huh. a lot of pugs get overweight like if they're a 30 pound pug you yeah. don't want to carry that back that's not fun um, and you will have that's to that's amazing so mostly they just like sleep on the couch most of the day uh-huh. and like chill and, and they're good but they have their like you know spurts of playtime yeah and stuff which is great this is so foreign to me my two <laughs> long-legged you know water dogs would they I, they get like five miles of walks a day oh and, then, and then we'll come yeah we'll, i'll walk them in the morning i'll walk them in the evening and then they'll come back and they'll like grab a tennis ball and just stare at me and i'm like guys lay down so this oh, is man. so completely different okay the other thing and again said i feel kind of creepy but my it's job totally is to research things <laughs> so i saw on your instagram that you went to maui last year i did my wife and i also went there it's our one of our goals in life is to move to lahaina the oh little, that's a beautiful place yeah. yeah so did you have like a favorite part of that trip that stuck out to you uh that's a good question uh we've been wanting to go mm-hmm. like that's why we wanted to go on our honeymoon like nine yeah. years ago and never got to so this was like long time coming um the whole place was beautiful. It was yeah. so cool to see, like, the um, the banyan tree. Yeah. It's insane. It's gigantic. It's huge. It looks like it's, like, a whole forest. Yeah. It, it's one tree. It's, it's crazy. It literally, for people who have never seen, like, an actual banyan tree and not the shop 
like the store right. is Banyan Tree. And it, it's like the, like the size of a street block. Like it's yeah. gigantic. It's amazing. That was so cool. Yeah. And that, and then um, the road to Hana, and like the yep. the black sand beach. Mm-hmm. Like those were so cool to see. Cause it's not something you can like. I'm from New England. And yeah. You can't see that stuff in yeah, New England. Same you know? thing. I'm from Cleveland. We actually, my wife, no one else cares about this, and I don't care. <laughs> we're gonna talk about it. It's my podcast. Um, when we, we did the road to Hana, but instead of going up in a car, we took a helicopter ride oh all the way to the top. And the best part was they showed us where they filmed the beginning of Jurassic Park. It was amazing. <laughs> it was like, so then I had the Jurassic Park theme I song. I they stuck. filmed that there. Yeah, that so, is so cool. So there's two, like, there's a, like a, a giant rock, but I don't know if you like a cliff. And then there's like some space where there's ocean and then there's mm-hmm. another rock cliff. And then the guy was just like, right there is where they filmed the opening to Jurassic wow. Park. And then, and then we did like, we rode... <laughs> At a, um, a van back down, but oh, cool. yeah, this was again. This was a selfish thing that I was like, oh, for so few people have gone to Maui. I want to talk about all the things that were there. But no, <laughs> it we was a great time. And while so, we were there, we literally were like, I could see us living in just a little tiny hut <laughs> in, in uh, Lahaina for the rest of our life. Um, okay, one other thing that I saw. I also have an obsession with Tim Curry. Yay! So <laughs> everybody thinks I'm weird for that. I, I no, no, no! Oh my god! We, my wife and I, watch Rocky Horror Picture Show like a hundred uh-huh. times every October. Every year. Yeah. Every um, year. Do Absolutely. you have a favorite Tim Curry movie? Uh, Clue. That was like the first movie I saw with yes. him in it when I was little, and I am obsessed with that movie. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. I love the multiple endings as well. Yeah. Like, it's so great. I, 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 if you're around later, you need to meet my wife because you two are very much the same. Mine is Muppet Treasure Island. That's is, a great one too. I'm such that a, I'm you such can't a go Jim wrong Henson. with Tim Curry. And, and I'm such a Jim Henson nerd. Yeah. And so I can still sing the song as it's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> um, but no, Clue, it, yeah, with all the multiple endings and everything is so it's wonderful. so fun. Um, okay, so towards the end of our podcast, we do what we call the Nerd Nine just because we okay. like alliteration. <laughs> I always say that they're rapid fire and then they never end up being that way because <laughs> I get chatty. Um, but they're lighthearted, really easy um the last the first one is what's the last book that you finished reading uh this is like a trick question and this is why they never (laughs) end up being rapid fire because i I never get even give them Um, ahead of time like i should oh my goodness and i should know this too i'm trying to picture my goodreads that's okay i know that's how i do it too (laughs) um ah darn I'm honestly not sure. Right. I can't. I know the book. Last book I started reading was okay. Caraval by Stephanie Garber. Stephanie Garber. I'm like sixty pages in. It's so gorgeous. We will allow that. that I'm excited. Yeah, I actually got. I've been reading that for a while because I'm drafting, mm-hmm. so I'm reading slower than normal. <laughs> so I, it was like over a month ago. It was the last book that I finished. I can't remember. That's okay. Um, do you have a favorite place to read? Um, mostly just on the couch, snuggled up with the pugs. That's, yeah, that's good. That's kind of the best way. Um, so, do you have a what you would consider a guilty pleasure? Like speaking of dogs, I tell everyone mine is if you go on my Instagram, there's just like an obsessive amount of pictures of my dogs. And I should, yeah, is it it's the same, same? Pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, what's one place you like to travel you have not yet been to? Um, I'd really like to go to Ireland. Mm-hmm. That's a place that both my husband and I really would like to go someday. Yeah. We, I went to um, London once a few years ago. It was really fun, um, but Ireland would be yeah. a really neat place to go. Uh, do you have a favorite holiday to celebrate? Um, probably my birthday because I get to pick out the cake. Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> um, I think I know the it's answer. It's not really a technical holiday. No, that works. To be. It should be. It's your holiday. It's <laughs> right. perfect. It's special. Um, I think I know the answer to this one, but cats or dogs? Of dogs. That's the right answer. I think cats are cute, but I'm allergic, so. So is my wife. I think you two might be the same person. <laughs> I know, like, I need to meet your wife, clearly. <laughs> um, the reason we asked that is uh, I have a co-host who's not with me today, obviously, because if she was, she'd be sitting here silently. Uh, she's a cat person. I'm a dog person, so this is like our eternal struggle. Um, coffee or tea? 
Well, that's a funny question because I used to be hardcore coffee. Uh-huh. That's actually how I met my husband. He was my favorite barista at Starbucks. That's um, amazing. <laughs> so it was our little meet cute. But for the last couple of years, I've actually been on like a green tea kick mm-hmm. and haven't really had coffee in like two years, which is bizarre for me. Yeah. I never thought that would happen. But I still love like the smell of coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll work out well for you right now. Like you said, you're pregnant and you're yeah. supposed, supposed to be drinking coffee anyway. supposed to at the moment. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite food? Probably pizza. Yeah. That's always good. Well, we're in New York right now, so you're in a good place for that. Yes, I, I am. I've eaten pizza like four meals of my two days here. I'm <laughs> kind of ashamed living of your best that. life right exactly. there. <laughs> um, the last one is, if you could have dinner with one person alive or dead, who would you choose? Ooh. Probably Shane Austin. That's, that's or Shakespeare, so I can find out who he really was. Yeah. Okay, so it would probably be a group of like eight people at a table. Probably, because I'm yeah. not convinced I was one person. Um, so my last question for you, what do you hope readers take away from reading your books? Um, I hope they find some kind of an escape in a a way that they can just, you know, get out of the world for a little while. And that was what books were for me when I was growing up. They were very much an escape and like, yeah. From in a literal and figurative way, and, and I hope some readers can find some some solace in that as well. That's perfect, Marcy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks today. for having me. This was really fun. Absolutely. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Mad Magazine, advertising mascots, B movie posters, and cartoons. Oh, yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place, the sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.